I'm JR. And I'm Stacy. And this is Sparrows Under Review. At this time, right now, we have King Germ from Pod Saving My Marriage on our little bit we're doing with him for a quick little ad that we're going to throw in our show for him. So, King Germ, please tell us real quick about your new show. Uh, thank you, JR, for calling me. Uh, well, as far as my new show, it's kind of the same as the old show. If you're not familiar with the old show, it, we was previously known as a broadcast, but we did some rebranding. And now we're showing people how Pride and Saved Our Marriage. It's basically, think of all your TV couples. Uh, that's what you have with me and my wife. We don't always agree. We disagree most of the time. But that's where the magic comes from. Um, you can catch us every Friday um, on all DSPs. And hopefully you will come and listen and get entertained by us so we can show y'all how we are saving our marriage with podcasting. Man, all this technical stuff. I just wish I could find a way to read some information about the movie after I've done watched it and everything work out fine for me. Howdy, everybody. I'm JR. And I'm Stacy. And we are back again. We are reviewing a movie. Big surprise. And this movie right here is from a director that his movies have a twist to them. They have something that makes you think outside of the norm. And this movie is... Knock at the Cabin. By, and don't let me chop his name up, M. Night Shyamalan. I usually like to go M. Night Shyamalan, but we'll say M. Night Shyamalan. He has created such movies as The Sixth Cent, um... I think the other movies that people think harder about are The Village. Uh, what are those movies? Glass and all, all that type of stuff. So his, his movies have a twist to them. Stacy, what's your uh, dealings with M. Night Shyamalan? Um, I'm trying to look at his movies to see which ones I've actually remembered. Um, like you said, Split, Glass, Old. We watched that one. Um... I'm not saying I haven't seen the other ones, but I don't remember them based off the titles. Okay, so let's dig in here real quick. This movie is based off of The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul G. Tremblay. Um, it's first adaptation of his work. So before we get started inside this movie, I'd just like to just throw that a little bit out there because I know I'll get some little technical know-how from Wikipedia or somewhere. Uh, shout out to them, and if you guys have not donated to Wikipedia, please... Every year I do send my 7 to $10 to Wikipedia to keep information alive and to have a place to go to find information when Google is not suitable. That was not a plug. That was not a plug. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all know we have to give this every time that we want to do a review. Um, we're not asked to do these reviews by anybody related to the film or the production of the film. We are choosing to do this based on what we feel like. Um... You might not necessarily agree with what we have to say. We might not agree with what you have to say, and that's okay because we're all allowed to have our differences. But please be, can you know, nice if you're going to say anything back to us. Um, we're not saying you can't debate us, but you know, please make it make it nice. Anything that um, we say. Like I said, is our opinion and our opinion only. We are not saying any of this to sway you one way or the no another to watch the show or not watch the show slash movie, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Now, digging into this real quick, my 
theory on how movies get to me nowadays are through limited trailers whenever I watch one of my streaming services that show me these movies. That is yeah. the only way I get movies nowadays. Right, because we don't watch live TV anymore. Um, we ha- I watch Grey's Anatomy and Station 19 live. And then other than that, I think that's the only only thing, right? I mean, unless you count wrestling and we only watch that pay-per-views and when we feel like it right so catching me with a movie trailer is really hard right and with the type of media that i follow even when you're on instagram and places very seldom do i see a movie trailer between instagram stories right i see a lot of my trailers on tiktok because i spend a lot of time on tiktok don't judge me and and i ought to say for me i sit find mine on snapchat once in a blue moon but it has to be a strong movie right and um so so that part right there and I always try to give some homage like like if you get a chance save movie theaters because movie theaters will be a relic at some point in the near 20 years i don't believe movie theaters will be the same experience we had before the pandemic and i don't believe that every single movie theater is going to survive this onslaught of we can watch it at home i i agreed to a point i think your smaller outdated movie theaters are going to struggle if they're not already closing down i mean we have one right across the river that just shut down because of whatever reason we'll we'll dig in and figure that out and do an episode on that later so we're not going to get into that too much so i do have a question for you when you brought this movie to me what drew it in that said hey let's watch this movie let's talk about it like what made you want to to see it and kind of give us an overview of like the trailer that what you thought this movie was going to be all right so first off one thing that we got to start off with is that this movie has a professional wrestling tie-in dave batista some people just know him as drax some people might know him from being in dune and other various movies because he has stretched his big shoulders out and he's doing more movies right um first off that was the first thing that dragged me into this movie in the preview in the preview was seeing batista so the the one that i mentioned don't you bring him up because you didn't know that until i said it going in so make sure you don't steal my oh yeah i'm not gonna steal your thunder on that so seeing dave batista tattoos and everything Mm -hmm. but he was civilized he had a shirt on yeah and in the preview i seen it, it told a limited story like it told that they were here for a reason but then it goes flash into these different elements of bad things happening good things happening and that little small trailer I watched eventually told you that they were going to have to make a choice. And it didn't tell you all the choice, but it was more or less like, hey, we need to get in here and try to get these people to save the world. I got that m- much from it. And I was like, then at the end, I seen M. Night Shyamalan. Okay. So I knew it was going to be a twist. And I was like, me and Stacy just watched a movie sometime during the pandemic. It was called Old. And I didn't remember the title of it. I called it Beach with Dead People on it. And I was like, I do like his work because I am, you know, I watch all of them, but they all have a twist to it and they all have something that brings it back to reality. Right. Kind of like, oh my gosh, I didn't expect it to go that way. Yes. Okay. So, um, it was basically a mix between Batista being in there and it being, um, an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Correct. Okay. So from here going forward, you're going to have some spoilers because... Anytime you listen to any of our podcasts on this set, you know, we're going to, it's all out. So if you have not seen the movie yet, please go watch the trailer to see if you would be interested in it and make your choice. 
If you want to watch it, please stop listening until you watch the movie and then come back and pick up where you left off. Otherwise, it's, that's your choice. I don't want to hear nothing in the comments saying you, we ruined the movie for you because here is your forewarning and I've, I've spoken long enough to give you time to, to hit that pause button. So let's just jump right in. All right. And one thing I want to add in there, we definitely want you to come <laughs> back to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. No matter what, if you watch it or don't watch it, if you don't decide to watch it, let this be a notion for you to watch it after the podcast. Right, because <laughs> it's, it's just going to be quick. Like, we're not going to be on here as long as, as long as the movie. It's pretty. It's a pretty simple, straightforward movie. Um, everything that they add and tie in there, it, it does, it's very warranted. Um, to me, I wish we would have gotten a little more background against these four people. Yes. We got one person, and that was just a little flash. So, we're, we're watching the movie. How does it begin? All right. So basically, I did one of my quick setups. Um, Stacy, I, and the illustrious and the amazing Doug watched it with us. My mom even yeah, watched your it mom with us. Even, yeah. Mom even came to watch it. My so mom it. doesn't watch movies with us because she doesn't like a whole lot of the um, titles that we pick out. But I hyped it up a little bit because when you hear <laughs> when you hear a knock on the cabin, you're thinking it's going to be something scary. I mean, initially, that's what I think. And, you know, you figure it's going to be a bump in the night. I thought it was going to be a horror movie. Yeah, Yeah, a horror movie. So, the movie starts out, and you see a little girl. and So, I don't chop her name up. Her name was Wen, Wen, W-E-N. And you just see her catching butterflies. Crickets. Crickets. And she's catching these crickets, and it doesn't give you any form or anything. It's just straight there with her doing her scientific animalology, whatever, or whatever it's called. She's doing her thing there. So the next thing, you see Big Batista. And automatically, you know your mind formulates so many bad ideas about Batista at that moment. Right. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is coming in, and he's going to kill her. Like, what? was she in the wrong place at the wrong time? Like, he's a big dude coming in, a, a little girl. And I'm just like, oh, please don't kill this baby at the beginning. And the thing is, is he's a warm, gentle giant. He is. And how she, how he speaks. And through the, throughout the whole movie, he never changes his tone. And lots of things bad happen to, to Batista in this movie. I ain't going to spoil none, but I'm just going to say this. I will spoil it later. Yeah. So, basically, they have a conversation. She's mm-hmm. telling him that she's not supposed to speak to strangers, but she's a highly intelligent and highly functioning child. Right. So, she makes a decision that he's not going to be a stranger. I mean, he kind of makes that decision for her. She goes, I don't talk to strangers. And he introduces himself and says, I hope that we can be friends. I don't want to be strangers. And then that's where it pops in that she gives her name. And at some point during their conversation, she makes it known. I'm here with my dad's, uh, my two dads. And that, that, that is relevant. It's not any type of trying to sway you one way or another, but it is relevant when we get further into the story. So remember that. Right, and then from this point, her, him, him and Batista, or her and Batista, not him and Batista, <laughs> her and Batista, they have a little going back and forth. And in our time, it may have, it was only like three It was only minutes. a few seconds. But you could tell that it was drawn out, that it, it, it sometime went by. And then the thing that the camera does and the thing that Wynn does in this movie that I had to start paying attention to later on, when she starts seeing things, 
she sees them from afar. Right. She, you see it close, and then it goes far. So she notices the next set of people. Right. Because we, I don't think we noticed it at first, and then she did, and then it goes back to her, and then when it goes back out, she goes, "Are those your friends?" I think, or something like that. Yeah, and and that right there, uh, you know, spins into something crazy. Just a side note, because I always do something extra. <laughs> we had some technical difficulties. Uh, I upscaled the movie to 4K, which I shouldn't have, and we scaled it back down to. to to 1080 right we got the 4k tv but the presentation of it wasn't that so be careful when you're looking at stuff make sure it's the real thing before you start upscaling stuff now anyway getting back into this thing here sorry about that everyone um i got tied up because you you initially if i remember correctly i seen the weapons first before i seen what the people look like like they were dragging on the ground yeah you could see that they had something in their in their hands and you couldn't really tell um so then she just, you know, she freaks out a little bit and runs to tell her dad so what's going on. Um, and, you know, Batista's trying to be calm and friendly throughout the entire thing. And that's where I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'm wrong about this movie. Maybe they're not the bad guys. So maybe they really are just trying to be, I don't, I don't know. Like a lot of stuff is going through your head. Four people showing up at a cabin one big old dude um you have another guy and then you have two females and you don't know what to think but then they got all these weapons and it's like maybe they are the bad guys yeah and the thing that really twisted me about it was dave batista's mentioning of these people he at the very beginning he did not consider them his friends that was something that was keenly noted he said something that the people okay. were different remember he said that they were that they weren't the same as him. They didn't have the same kind of position and composition he had. Because he was very composed. Right, he was. And then the little girl runs inside the house. Okay, yeah. So at this point, it just goes crazy from there. Um, she's trying to explain to them what's going on. And I kind of get the sense that they're portraying, like, oh, okay, she's a little kid. She, let's calm down. Um, let's find out what's going on. And then you have the knock. Um, knock at the cabin door. And then from the knock at the cabin at the door, things get rowdy. Um, yeah. And this is where you get the personas and the characters that come up. And then you get a surprise. And I'm going to pass it right back along to Stacy. Right. So this, I don't I don't know why I didn't realize it. Um, I feel like I remember people talking about him. I just, it didn't click to me that this is the movie it was in. So... You see this guy um, with red hair pop up, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Ron Weasley. So, Rupert Grant is in this movie. Granted, he's not in there very long, but he's in this movie, and I'm like, okay. So, one thing I would like to touch on that we didn't really get a whole lot into the last time, these actors and actresses were great in this movie in my opinion like i think that there was the emotion the um commitment the just overall it was a very well put together movie and i can agree with that and um, my famous phrase wholeheartedly um and, and here it goes for me when all four of them you know get in there we don't know their position on why they're there right and then when you get the stories that play out from all four characters mm -hmm. before we get into the action part of this. Yeah. The four characters, you get a brief description. Um, 
and the the character that you were talking about just a mm-hmm. moment ago, y'all yeah, excuse me, I forgot his name, but um, <laughs> Ron Weasley, Redmond, Redmond, in here is how he introduces himself. Redmond, you hear a little bit about, but you don't hear Time too out. much. Hold on, I'll be right back. Sorry about that. We had a rude interruption by Bear the Dog. Bear is someone that is essential to the podcast. He is the official mascot, and he is the random... Get down, dog. He's the random... He's a dog that cries like a little baby whenever you leave him alone for too long. Yeah, he does have separation anxiety, so we do try to protect him. He is not an emotional support animal, but he needs an emotional support animal. Yeah. Another day for another story. Definitely, we'll have to dive into the Bear Chronicles. Yes. So um, we have Leonard, which is uh, Batista's character. We have Sabrina. Um, was it Adrian? Is that how you pronounce her name? And Redmond is how he was introduced. So in this, you get you get a little bit of a backstory. They're explaining who they are and why they're there a little bit. Um, Leonard's trying to explain, you know, hey, we're going to tell you why we're here. We're going to explain what's going on. And then you have a choice to make. But if you don't make the right choice, then these bad things are going to happen in the world. And they are a lot, or they are asked to make this decision four different times. And after each time that they're asked, if they do not choose to follow through with the with what they're given then one consequence will happen within the world and each time throughout this film Mm -hmm. things happen and these things are not very how do you put them they're they're disasters they are disasters but they're like disasters that could happen any day right um so as you're watching the show um leonard he you know, you're like, oh, I want to believe you. But at the same time, if I was in the, this position, so here comes the big spoiler part. He basically says, you have to pick somebody from your family to offer as a sacrifice. And they cannot commit suicide. You have to kill them. If you choose not to pick somebody and somebody does not die, then after so long, you know, these things will start happening. He doesn't go in to explain why, what happens and what, you know, gets the ball rolling for that stuff. So, of course, you got the one dad. He um, He's like, nope, nope, not doing it, not at all. I don't agree with you, this, that, and... That's where it kind of just gets a little wild. Right. Um, and both of the dads, one of the dads is very high-sprung in, in their, the... The tie-in with Ron Weasley, which is uh, Rem, correct? Redmond. Redmond. Redmond has a actual story with the two fathers. So, right. so diving into his story, it's basically like this: you find out after Redmond has has accepted that they took answered no, he is the very first person that is slain. Right. And because it is, um, Eric sustains a concussion in the beginning. So yes. that that's also of importance um, when everything is going on. Andrew is the one that had the altercation. So he thought with Redmond, "Hey guys, I know this guy. 
check his ID. I can tell you what his name is. And of course, Leonard's, he's like, no. He goes, I have to believe with what we're told. So that's your first hint at something that's a little off. Right. So as we dive into the story a little bit more after um, the first death, mm-hmm. you know, they're questioning. They, they keep wanting to get that wallet. And the answer's no. Right. And Just then, the one guy. Right. And then you hear the portion about the message board. Right. And the message board is going to tie into they actually go to sleep for a night and then they wake up the next day and it's time for the next sacrifice. Right. Because it was really quick. Um, and I like the way that they did it. Um, so basically what happened is once Andrew and Eric said, no, we're not going to choose somebody to die. Um, one of these four people comes forward and they, what what do they say? Is it a choice was made or something? I don't remember. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to figure that out. I don't know. Yeah, something to, um, to that extent. Yeah, but they say something, and the remaining party of that group, the four, um, does an assisted suicide, basically. Right. Like, I don't want to say it's murder, because they sacrifice themselves. So, we're just going to go with assisted suicide. And that is what triggers the... Um, you know, is it a curse, I guess? Is that what we're yeah, going to we'll go the with? Curse or the, yeah, or these plagues happen. Plagues, yeah. So that starts the um, earthquake, the major earthquake. Um, and then that leads into the tsunami in Oregon. Yes. Because they turn on the TV. And Andrew's convinced that this is a, a show. He says that he's convinced that these people have watched the show and they know exactly what time it's going to be broadcasting. These are pre-recorded events and they know what's going on. And he's trying to convince Eric of this. And he does a pretty good job at it for a while. Yes, he does. Yeah. And then the next the next morning, of course, the remaining three plagues. Right. Um we don't have to go into major detail. Just know they refuse all four times. Um, the last one. Let's jump into that one because I, right, I don't want to give I, away can, the can whole I, movie. Can I spend something back there? Yeah. But after the first two sacrifices, I will say this: after the first two sacrifices, the last two are sacrificed completely different. They are. So that's the one twist that you will find in the movie, and if you pay attention to that and go back and read about it. Like, if, with that, that's something good to tie in there. Now, let's go on into the last one, like you said. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, technically, she knew, the third one knew what she was doing. And she knew that she had to make the sacrifice. But Leonard finished it off, which released whatever was going on. So, I think after her sacrifice, um, Eric finally, he's like, I think they're right. Like, I don't know if it shows any of that part, but you can just kind of, like, see it, see it click. So things go crazy. Um, Leonard gets locked in the bathroom, all of this and that. And at some point, Andrew does go out and finally gets Redman's wallet and finds out it is the man that was arrested because, I don't know if he was arrested, but they had issues w- with this guy in Boston, I think is yeah, where it was. He ended up doing some time behind it. Yeah. So he was at that point convinced that R- Redman, which is now Rory, um orchestrated all of this he's like he's the guy at the um from the bar and the one lady is 
the doctor that was there whenever they were treated. And, the nurse, yeah. Yeah. And so he's trying to justify Correlate, all yeah. of the stuff that's going on and make it like, no, they targeted us. And that's the thing. When they first get there, um, Leonard, he goes, I, how was it? Basically, he says, you're judging us because we're two gay guys with a kid. And he goes, I didn't even know you were two males whenever I came down here. He said, all we knew is we needed to come to this place at this time. And whoever was here is who had to make these choices. You have to be the sacrifice. And I I like how they kind of tied that in. And it's like they wanted to, the couple wanted to blame it on that. But he's like, no, you're wrong. I'm not going to let you blame it on that. You were, it was just random. Yeah, and he really made sure that. But once you get that part about Redmond, mm-hmm. that kind of made it orchestrated with the message board and everything else. Right. And that almost made me feel, and, and that's the one thing about M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan movies, that you always are going to have twists and make multiple theories about. Right. So once we found out that it was Rory, we're like, oh gosh, well maybe... He orchestrated all yeah, of this. Yeah, maybe these two are right. Maybe these two guys are correct. So they're just coming in here, and Rory filled their head with whatever's going on. And, you know, there's instances where you'll read something or you'll watch a show or something will be going on in your background of your head and you'll um, create a storyline with it. True. Make your own narrative, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, I'm like, oh, gosh, well, maybe, maybe Andrew's right. Maybe. Right. So and then, of course, you know, a lot more stuff happens. And finally, um, Leonard goes and does his sacrifice, and this was all-out suicide, which, you know, in correlation with the other three deaths, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right, because they they shot Leonard. They did all kinds of mean stuff to Leonard, but Leonard never harmed them. Right. You know, and that was the odd thing about Leonard, because everyone else, with with the exception of the second person that killed themselves, the um, nurse attacked him broke a leg well i think she only did that because they were trying to run away right she wanted to save her they wanted to save their family and the harsh parallel for me in this is that the people that died were really trying to save their families right and because of andrew's hurt and anger towards rory towards rory and to his disposition in life because for some reason he he was a target his family didn't accept his life right so mm. so he and you get little flashback right. backs of that stuff so you see all the anger inside of him and you realize that eric mm-hmm. has a pure heart right right and how do we do this um i think this is just gonna have to give it away we're just gonna have to go with it So, you'll remember that we said that Eric um, received a concussion. He was saying that when they were standing in front of them in the glare of the sun, he saw something. And, you know, that could have just been the... Andrew put it off as the concussion. Like, he goes, that was because you had a concussion and you were very sensitive to light. And he goes, no... He goes, this is what I saw. And he goes to explain what he saw. He's like, he had this vision slash dream 
of their daughter and Andrew, and he knew what he had to do. So the next thing that ties in here is something that's a very heavy theme. So be careful with this, everybody I'm giving you. So please no trigger warning. This is a trigger warning. You find out that those four people are the four horsemen of apocalypse. Well, that is Eric's theory. Theory, It says Eric now believes that the events are real and that the intruders represent the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And he does not want Wynn to grow up in a destroyed world, so Eric offers himself as the sacrifice. And that's a key thing that changed my thought on the movie. I was like, wow, they are the four horsemen of apocalypse. Right. But at the same time, it kind of leaves it open to me. Um, You know, it's one of those however you perceive it. Yeah, and that's what's great about his movies. Yeah, you can sit there and say... These were the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And with Eric sacrificing himself and allowing Andrew to kill him, save the world. You can you can go down that route. But it's also left open. These four people were crazy. This Rory wanted to get revenge because of what happened in a bar in Boston however many years ago. So he orchestrated this whole thing and convinced these other three people that he was right. And these just random events just happened, you know, because they were just, it wasn't like it was a war or it wasn't a man-made issue. It wasn't something that you and I can sit there and create. It was a true natural disasters. I guess. Yeah, a bunch of devastation. Yeah, yeah. granted, you know, it, it could all tie either either way. It all is how you perceive it. So I can look at it and be like, oh, yeah, this way is right. And then, oh, I think they really were crazy. And Eric sacri- sacrificed himself for nothing because the world could have been fine if he wouldn't have been sacrificed. Yeah, maybe. And that's yeah. the thing that we don't get. And then right. the, the little diner experience with the the part at the part of the period with the diner experience where you actually saw the loss. You saw what happened across the world. Right. It kind of made you wonder, was it just a bad day in the world, like you said? Right. Because one day, you know, we always see these movies about the, what, the last day on Earth or something. Tsunamis hitting, the world burning up, ice blocks melting and all this other stuff. So... Tying in to everything, I want to say this to Mr. M. Night Shyamalan. You made a great movie here. Mm-hmm. It made me think a little bit harder than most movies. It's not that normal Marvel stick where I got a superhero and they save the day. This movie left me questioning things, and I still question now. I'll have to at some point go back and watch this because I need to look at clues better to figure out my next theory on what happened. Maybe it'll right. get a third watch in another year, but it'll get two watches this year out of me at least. Right, and, and, and it does leave itself open. Like, I think it left itself open to a prequel. Like, let's give each character a little bit of little bit of time. Let's do their introduction of how did you become where you're at? Like, what brought you to this cabin? Like, what brought you um, here? And it it doesn't necessarily need it. Like, the movie is fine without it. I will say that. Um, if you listen to any of our other sh- um, movie podcasts on WV Uncommonplace, you'll hear me say quite often, like, I feel like I needed this. I feel like I needed that. Um, 
it would have been nice to have a little bit of background on these people, but it didn't make the movie any better or worse for not having that in there. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so so let's make a rating system because we've been going over this. We started it in the last, uh, what was that movie we watched? Oh, it's been so long. Whitney Houston. Yeah. Well, I think it's just a one, two, or three. Right. Like, we're going to throw it in the trash. We're going to put it on the shelf because it was okay. Or we're going to put it at the front of the shelf where we'll watch it again. All right. I'm going to say for me, it's a it's going to get a put it on the shelf. Hmm. It's something that I'm going to watch later. It'll come in my catalog probably when it gets, well, it's cold now. So the one rainy day I get in the summertime, I would watch this again. So maybe we need four stars then. We'll have one star. Actually, we'll just choose zero in a trash. Then we have our one star. We'll put it on the shelf. If we get bored, we might watch it. Um, but probably not. But it was an okay movie. Two is it was a good movie. I might watch it again. I probably will. And three is I'm definitely going to watch this movie again. All right, so I'll give it a two. Okay. Because there's two factors here that I that play in with me, and everybody knows I'm a history buff along with a movie buff. M. Night Shyamalan has only done something that stayed close together with that glass and all that other stuff series. These movies like this, like this, old and all that stuff, there won't be no prequels. There won't be anything to add on to it. Right. So this is a one-done deal. So I'll probably listen to another review by somebody else and... and and some more stuff that'll keep it fresh in my head mm-hmm. and I may go back and watch it again next month or next weekend Okay. but it's gotta be something something's gotta draw me back to it that's the only thing that I've always, I always had a problem with in Night Shyamalan movies because everybody watched Signs and all that other stuff but you only watch Signs once with Mel Gibson and them with the stuff in the field if you don't remember that movie and when you watch The Village once you found out the, the cause of that monster and who he was or who she was I'm not gonna say who it was because I don't wanna I'll mess that up for anybody once you saw that, you realize why the movie played out the way it did. Okay. So, right. I agree. I th- I think it's a two. Um, I definitely would like to watch it again. I don't feel like it's one of those movies that I'm going to pick off the shelf and watch every year. Um, but I will say that I would also like to read the book. Yeah, and the book so, has multiple. It's a series. Okay. So, I think I will definitely... Um, either purchase the book or rent it from my local library. You can also do those on the Libby app and download the audiobook if it's available. Um, we're not sponsored by any of those people, but if there's any one of those people out there looking for some uh, input, you know, you can hit me up on that too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm definitely going to either buy or rent the book and then I would like to watch the movie afterwards. Okay. Because I feel like those are your, your things where you catch the stuff. Um, I'm not saying that he didn't do great by the way that they did the movie, but I'd like to compare it. Um, it's kind of like comparing Harry Potter movies to the books. There's a lot of differences. There's a lot of similarities, but you know, one's always better than the other. So true. So true. (laughs) So once again, um, Stacy and I, we have done another review, and what we have reviewed today is called Knock at the Cabin. Great movie by M. Night Shyamalan, starring numerous actors and actresses. Um, 
and we don't go over box office information because who cares about that? You're going to watch a movie if you like it or not. Heck, we watch you watch stuff on Amazon movies and Netflix movies without box office information. So right. we watched something the other day that did awful in the box office, and I'm like, oh, okay, I like this. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. So on that note, I'm Jr. and I'm Stacy.